Welcome to this new podcast show in which we dive into more detail in business in West Africa. I'm your host, Jim Bauman, and I'm joined by David Pondeu, founder and CEO of Africa Samurai Consulting. Um, Africa Samurai Consulting is a consultancy that focuses on bringing businesses from overseas to West Africa, as well as helping local entrepreneurs do business in West Africa. David, thank you for joining the show and being the co-host thank you on this for new having platform. Me here this morning. Um, today, since viewers and listeners don't really know who you are yet, I would I would like to you to describe a bit more about your journey, how you got to where you are now. Um, for all the listeners and viewers out there, I've known David now for about two, two and a half years. Mm. So in that time, I've heard many stories. I'm really excited to share that with, uh, with all of you. Um, David was born in Benin, grew up in Ivory Coast. No, born in Ivory Coast. Ah, okay. Yes, okay. okay. Yeah, I was born in Ivory Coast and grew uh, after one year, I came to Benin to continue my university there, yes. I see. And what, what kind of differences did you notice between Ivory Coast and Benin? Oh, Ivory Coast is, uh, let's say, a very special country where, uh, you know, in Africa we have diversity, diversity cultures. So in Africa, I learned a lot from uh, this different culture, which is, we, we let, let's talk about food, for example, like we used to eat this acheke, which when you come to Benin, for example, people more will talk about gari or some other uh, foods, which is different, like uh, uh, even though we are all in West African country. So, and then, Afri uh, let's see, like in Africa, Africa's people yeah very very energetic you know very energetic and you know in Africa we make a lot of noise but in Benin um, people are a little bit quiet than you know than in Africa and that's something uh, uh, unique that I found in both culture and you know yeah that's something special my perspective. And what made you decide to go back to Benin and study yeah. at a university there? Yeah, originally I'm from Benin, so uh, after uh, my baccalaureate, my parents decided um, to like uh, decided to send me back to Benin so that I can learn about my culture and then I can you know, feel home and I can also, you know, continue my journey from from Benin, yes. So when you went, because I've heard this story before, when you went back to Benin, yeah. you didn't know so many people at the university? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you do when you entered the university? Oh, Benin. So it's a four-year study, right? That's true, that's true. You know, when I come from uh, Ivory Coast, you know, I had a lot of connection there because I was, you know, student leaders and those kind of position I got them back in Ivory Coast and then I knew a lot of people there before coming to Benin. So once I, I learned in Benin, so I have to think about now how to rebuild all these new connections. So I thought about, okay, uh, I always want to serve people. So how about, you know, serving people at the university as a student leader, doing my best. So then I have to start you know, running from for that, so trying to build new network with uh, my colleagues and students, and you know, and that's 
make me you know get more connections and more connections and i think i've done my best to be where i am today because networking for me is a very worthy and very important thing for people who would like to be business person yes i think so um what what was it that drove you to want to serve people yeah that's a very good question because you know the reality in africa where i was born in africa for example it was uh, it wasn't easy because sometimes uh, you have to try your best even for school fees and those uh, how to you know you know daily life is it was very challenging because young people uh, uh, back there they have a uh, potential and they have energy but you know there is uh, that opportunity that they, they, they cannot get you know that they lack opportunity so I think uh, for me trying to be connected to the young people of my age and trying to see uh, our common challenges and see how we solve them together was one of the main things that uh, I, I believe I could do more. So being lead, trying to lead people for me and serve them, it was uh, a way for me to contribute to the society. It's a way for me to give the best in me for people to, you know, to feel better. You know? So I still think in that same way when we have founded this uh, Africa Samurai Consulting, which focuses more on how to create jobs for young people. And our, our motto is uh, don't look for a job, create it. Because we think young people today, they have everything that could make them start uh, you know, their own business. They just lack some financial opportunity or uh, maybe some important training to become business person or uh, to create their own business. So before we dive into Africa Samurai Consulting a sure. bit more, what's happened? Yeah. Um, going back, so you went to university, you did all this. Mm. What was the next step after you graduated university? After university, I have been working for the company uh, which was uh, connecting business uh, from Japan to uh, Benin and then uh, that period, uh, I have to also start, uh, you know, supporting um, uh, a business person who wanted to be uh, the leader of the country. So I got that uh, connection to be involved in those uh, in that, uh, uh, um, let's say, uh, that journey, and it made me it made me like have more connection with uh, uh, people in, in the higher level of the country so I think connection in Africa with uh, government and with big institution is something very important for business also so uh, I have been uh, to that level after the university and then um, I've been working with uh, the national shipping company uh, because uh, my uh, diploma in the transport and logistics but I feel like I need more uh, knowledge in business and I need more uh, experience and I need more connection 
uh, abroad. So that's something encouraged me to join uh, the Awaji Youth Federation where we met. And uh, I'm very happy for that uh, opportunity which uh, uh, bring me to Japan, brought me to Japan. And I'm here getting more connection and getting know more people and you know learning about other people culture background and how to you know use all these uh, assets for business in the future even from now you know. so we just ran rushed through like <laughs> 10 years of your life yeah. <laughs> for, for the viewers and listeners we go from graduating Benin and all of a sudden we're we in, are Japan. in Japan <laughs> that's also yeah I think so, that's that that's really fast so they, they, well that, that's what keeps it interesting and that's that's one of the reasons why I really like spending time with, with David fast. <laughs> everything goes fast well, it is. Uh, take, taking a bit of a step back because mm -hmm. um, as David mentioned we we entered Awaji Youth Federation. That's right. So Awaji Youth Federation is a, um, a gathering of young people from all over the world uh, brought to Japan, Awaji Island, rural part of Japan, um, close to Osaka Kobe, mm. where we try to create new businesses or projects that benefit local society. Because in Japan, one of the problems they face is aging of the society yes. and a lot of people moving to the bigger cities. Mm. So while the population here on Awaji Island used to have 200,000 people, it's now already down to 150,000, with the average age being higher than the nationwide average. So that's kind of the idea we bought into and why we came. But how we got to this place was actually very different for David as well as for me. Um, I'll go into my story maybe another time, but at least for David. Yeah. How did you go from working in Benin mm. to actually arriving in Awaji Youth Federation in, in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long story. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we got the time. Uh, but I think I will make it short because um, it's better to go fast, as we said. <laughs> and I think um, I was working, uh, as I said, in uh, the national shipping company. And then I found this opportunity, um, the Awaji Youth Federation, which is bringing together young people from all over the world to uh, learn about entrepreneurship and business. Uh, and then that's in Japan. So I think, oh, that's something I really want to do because I have been thinking about how to, you know, connect more Japan with uh, uh, Africa mainly West Africa, because I found out that there are less Japanese companies operating in Africa, mainly in West Africa, there are few Japanese companies there. So for me, it could be, it is actually a good uh, opportunity to explore. So for me, coming to Japan could be um, a way for me to learn about Japanese business manner and know about, get more connection with Japanese company and see from there, I could connect them to, with uh, local businesses in Benin, you know, Japan with technology and, you know, Africa. We still have, like, uh, trying our best, but we, with Japanese technology, bringing all this together, I think, could be something uh, solving society problem. Uh, at the same time, you know, creating new businesses, business opportunity for young people. Yes. So 
then I uh, have to apply to this uh, Waju Federation program and went through all the interview section like on the sessions and yeah after that have been uh, selected in the final interview and I, I get to be here uh, November like a, like a, the end of November 2017 17 yes, yeah. yeah 2017 already three years now yeah so and then when I came have chance to meet some great people with such an interesting background with different culture and all this uh, made me you know um, feel home but at the same time learning every day from each other and yeah that's how I get here and for sure I can tell you have get a lot also a lot of connection while being in Japan and many companies interested in doing something with uh, Africa or with uh, Benin so we're still doing a lot of things with those companies so I think that was good choice to be here and learn more so that was a good description but I know it wasn't that easy to getting to where you are now, mm -hmm. even during your time in Japan. Mm. So when we arrived in Japan, mm. what was your first, because it was your first time yeah. out of Africa, right? Yes. So, so you land in, you fly over the ocean. Yeah. You spend how many hours getting here? Um, 20, 20, 20, let's say 20, 20, 20, 20 around 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. And you transferred twice? Once yeah, transferred twice. Transferred twice. Yeah, then you finally the you finally land in Japan. In Japan. There's somebody there waiting for you to pick you up. Oh uh, no, There's no <laughs> one that day to pick me up uh, because I have to find one of our colleagues from uh, Taiwan. Uh -huh. And but when I came to the airport, I just don't know. Uh, like uh, how to you know get in touch with uh, uh, the Awadiu Federation program uh, manager and but because I have the phone number, I just you know talk with someone in front of me, Japanese person. I will never know. I don't even know how to speak Japanese, but I just try to make him understand that I need to call someone. Mm. So then I have to <laughs> show him the phone number and say, please, you know, I really want to call this person and tell him that I'm here. And yeah, luckily that person was very kind with me and accepted to take the phone number and call from his phone, the OIDU Federation uh, manage, managers and let them know that, yeah, I'm here. And I could talk to them and say, yeah, I'm David. I'm already in Japan, so what should I do next? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I do what, what time is it at that point? Uh, it was around, mm, I think it was around, if I'm not wrong, 7 p.m.? 7 p.m.? Yeah, around 7 p.m. I see. So you called the manager yeah. and you said, I'm David from Benin. I'm yeah, here. I'm here. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm here. And, oh, they say, oh, you're already there and we have to take it from there. And they told me, okay, uh, they showed me the place where I should wait before the other colleague who already know Japan could join me and we can, you know, continue uh, to our day. So that was very interesting story because, yeah, I really think for me, uh, there's no barrier if um, you have uh, entrepreneurship mindset, uh, whatever you want to do, just do it, do it. 
if you don't compromise other people, just do it. Yeah. So then we go into our one-year LIGU Federation program. Yes. And Monday or Mondays to Fridays, generally five days a week, yeah, yeah. we are working for the program, trying to create projects and new businesses That's on the right. island. Yeah. But at that time already, you come with the intention to not just help Awaji, mm. but to connect Japan with West Africa. Definitely. So how do you do that when we're stuck on this island? <laughs> and for the people who don't, who don't know Awaji Island, it, like, I, like I mentioned before, it's close to Osaka and Kobe. Yes. There's a huge bridge which you can only cross by bus or car. Mm. Costs quite a lot of money to, to cross it. Then the big city is at least two hours away. Where we were located with Awaji Youth Federation had really nice facilities, but it's not accessible at all. We cannot drive at that point yet because we don't have the proper licenses. But still, you want to connect with people and from Japan and Africa. That's true. And where are most of those people located in Japan? Tokyo, for sure. Tokyo. <laughs> so we're two hours away from Osaka, the second city or third city of Japan, but Tokyo is at least one night away yeah, if you don't take the high speed train. Night, night bus. <laughs> night bus. <laughs> so then during that first year, how, how do you do it? Hmm. Let me put it this way first. During that first year, did you accomplish anything hmm. personally? Yeah. I think during that first year, um, we have been working on a, proje a project that have go to, like our goal was to promote the program, you know. So we were the voice of the program. We're trying to promote the program to uh, institution and online and to like uh, government. Actually, that project. Like our project was also strategic because choosing that project gave us opportunity to meet also new people and talk about the program. So for me, it was what I really appreciate doing every day, like connecting people and that. So I remember my first uh, trip to Tokyo. That was my first time to Tokyo. And um, I have contacted the embassy because someone somehow I get connected to them and I wanted to talk to them and at the same time I have some contacts that I wanted to meet in Tokyo so I went to Tokyo by myself that was the first time and I have nine, nine, nine like a nine hour in the bus once in Tokyo I meet a friend there and the friend that supposed to host me for the night uh, wasn't able to, you know, be available at the time I get to Tokyo because I couldn't reach him anymore because of the internet issue. And I said, okay, that's uh, the, something I, I really learned from because I have to sleep in cabin for the first time. Ah, uh, yeah, that's so struggling, man. <laughs> because, you know, we have a lot of space there in Africa and, you know, if you have to go to hotel you know you you feel that like you have a lot of space for yourself then I, I booked the hotel I didn't know I didn't know it was a cabin I, I just booked it ah, it and was like those those capsule capsule, capsule hotels yeah, yeah capsule hotel yeah capsule okay. and then after everything like uh, after my day I have to go back for sleeping and then I get surprised that they, they show me the caps like the cabin the capsule I say my god 
today uh, I have to learn a lot. I couldn't sleep for the entire night, man, because I was just surprised. And <laughs> I was just, I never heard about that. That was the problem. So I said, no, I'm not going to be sleeping here and whatever will happen will happen to me. So I will just keep <laughs> awake till the morning and see what will happen. But that was very uh, uh, strange and, you know, hard experience for me. But I, I really like it because after that, I, I knew how to, you know, behave for next time, you know. So I learned from that experience in Tokyo. But definitely I, I start making connection from there because at least one a month I have to go to Tokyo once a month to meet company. Or you say you people. have to? You set it up yourself or somebody? That's forces you that to go? was for myself. Okay. Yeah, it's not for any anyone, but I do. I always try my best to be in Tokyo because I think that was uh, Tokyo is the place to make the connection, not Hawaii, actually. So yeah, I I could make some connection for yeah for my future goal, and I think I'm I'm working with those most of those people today. And in that in that first year when you're making the connections, did you get anything in return? In other than other than connections, like did you get any business? Did you get any um, any jobs or any financial returns? Oh, not financial return, but I have to have. I ha I was I met a solar company. Uh, yes, who like the CEO was uh, interested in doing something with Africa. They already started doing something with Nigeria, and I have to help them out for. Rwanda and some other places in Africa. But thanks to the program also, I have uh, got some connection with some important people in the, you know, in the system. So those person also helped me to reach out on other companies and some specific uh, uh, connections. And, you know, from connection to connection, I think today I'm here. Yeah. So during that first year, the focus for both you and me was trying to contribute to this program and this island. Definitely. And while we were doing that, we were trying to leverage and use that time mm -hmm. to also benefit greater and longer term goals that we have for ourselves in life. That's true. And since you went to Tokyo every month, that cost quite a bit of money to Gosh, go there. It costs a lot. And you <laughs> did, but you didn't get any. You didn't get much in return except for a lot of connections and building your starting to build your network. Mm -hmm. Having said that, was there any moment in that first year that you thought, this is too hard, this, this is just not going to work, I'm, I'm just bleeding money every, every month? Um, what was it that, that kept you going to continue doing that month after month or week after week? Mm. Um, I believe in investing in our, ourselves because uh, investing in ourselves is a key resource for the future. So for me, going to Tokyo at that time was not losing money, but investing in my future. Because it made me feel comfortable while in Japan. Because being in Japan without any connection for me is not imaginable. But today, I mean, Japan with those connections, I think uh, is something I really appreciate and that makes me feel comfortable. So for sure there are some time because uh, you have to think about how much I'm investing and how much am I getting back. But for me, it's 
planting the seeds and taking time to you know let him let it grow so that you can uh, harvest it or you can get the fruit in the future you know so for me it was a way for me to plant the seeds and water them like every day and that could help me to reach my goal so during that time many times we would finish work around 6 or 7 p.m yeah. then in the evening i would work on my stuff i would see you working on your stuff yeah. I, would, I might go to bed around 11 or midnight and i still see david working how many hours of sleep did you get on average per day during that period uh, <laughs> uh, that time uh, my uh, concept was uh, i go to bed when I'm done because I don't go to bed because uh, I'm tired or because I'm sleepy I go to bed because I'm done and I give myself few time to get ready for what I wanted to do so for me staying awake till the morning working on a proposal or a project it was just something um, I get used to it so I think that was the price to pay you know because in anything for me you need to pay the price so for me it was the price to pay uh, to get things done and to get ready for my dream yes <laughs> so then you en you enter AYF with this idea that Japan is this this great technologically advanced country mm. and it can bring all these things to Africa. Yeah. You're spending one year trying to connect with different people. You're learning a lot of cultural lessons about Japan, particularly the speed at which negotiations go and how many times you have to meet people to actually mm -hmm. build the relationship mm -hmm. for them to take a step. We, we finish our year at Awaji Youth Federation. We both decide to join the company that is supporting Awaji Youth Federation yeah, from our second year. Mm. In between that first and second year, you have a one-month break. You go back to Benin. What is it that you do at that time? Oh, yes. So going back to Benin is, for me, as I said from the beginning, is serving other people is something I really appreciate. So for me, whatever I learned during the program, I try to make uh, some, uh, you know, try to create some material for that. From that uh, uh, like experience, which I have to share with my community or my people back home. So when I went back, I have to organize several conferences and uh, entrepreneurship, uh, like a meeting with a young entrepreneur, and share with them my experience I got in Japan. And I think I really enjoyed that. That was something interesting I did in the university and some other places in the country before coming back to Japan. And you set up Africa Samurai Consulting at that time as well, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have to uh, set up this African Samurai Consulting because um, with uh, uh, my team there, uh, with my colleague there, we were thinking uh, even we got some partner in Japan, so we need to be prepared over there so that uh, whatever opportunity or whatever needs from Japan to Benin, we can legally be, you know, you know, helping people. For sure, I'm not leading that company myself from here, but 
I think we have a, the man, manager in Benin who is taking care of everything. So I'm playing the role of connecting opportunities, solving um, those people who have some specific issues with dealing with maybe Benin. When they contact me, I have to connect them and solve the uh, problems. So I think that's something I'm mainly doing. But definitively, this is my future because I think uh, uh, after all this journey, uh, the Africa Samurai Consulting is what I will be doing for for the next step by myself. So you go to Benin, you meet, you try to talk to all these young people, you set up the company, mm. you come back to Awaji Island, mm. start your second year with uh, the company Persona. Mm. And what is your mindset at that in that second year? You still want to go every month, every month to Tokyo and connect people, or did anything change? What What were you thinking at that time? Second year, I went even to Saga and some other places. I haven't changed my mind because from the first year, I have now to evaluate uh, what are the kind of people I really need to meet. Because from the beginning, I was meeting more people and more people, but uh, I tried to I start selecting the relevant people to meet, like uh, related to my goals. Then I figured out that, oh, I've been spending a lot of time maybe meeting more people, but not the most important or relevant people. So then in the second year, I have to choose now who do I really need to go to meet and for which purpose. And I think that time I, I learned a lot and I think now I think whatever I've been doing during the second year, those connections still valuable for me and we're doing something together for sure. So in that second year, do you do you pick your um, do you find your connections yourself or it's your network that you built in the first year that's starting to give you leads on who you should talk to? Second year, sure, you know, the first year I have built that network generally, but those networks lead me to another network and to another okay. network. And so that's the way, because for sure you might meet some people who really doesn't have something to offer you directly, but they always know someone who can help. So that's the way. So I think uh, even though I make I made a lot of connection in the first year without selecting uh, the key partners. Uh, I think those connections helped me to get more connection in the second year. So I think that was something important to to me as well. Yeah. So slowly, all that work that you started putting in in the first year mm. starts paying dividends and giving you things back in the second year. Sure. And you are now getting the luxury to pick who you want to meet with and how you want to spend your time. And you mentioned earlier that you started going to other cities as well. Mm. So for the listeners and viewers out there, uh, the focus was originally Tokyo, which is on the east side of Japan. Mm. Just now David mentioned Saga, which is all the way on the other side of the country. Mm. So you're starting to go all over the country, starting to put even more resources, time and money into it. Mm -hmm. But it's because you believe that this is something that can work. Then in that second year, you're starting to build the more sp specific connections mm -hmm. what happens from there uh, I think from there I, I also start getting some partners you know and I think uh, I believe uh, with those partners we're gonna achieve 
uh, great thing. So you know. So. So you you managed to connect those partners with other partners in Africa or businesses in Africa. Yeah, yeah. For example, in like during the second year, uh, one of my partner currently working in Benin now with in the renewable energy uh, with the government. One of the government projects, uh, I connected them to the project and tried to guide them till they win the project and they're working on the project now. And I think there are some other partner I'm dealing with now in some other specific with some other specific project uh, which is al aligned with my goal. So I think that's something interesting from my perspective. Then I'm not sure to what extent you want to share this story, but last year in August, was it July or August, there mm. was a major event in Japan mm. related to Africa. Yeah. That's where you really went from building your network in Japan to mm. reaching like the highest level of network. Yeah. Uh, that one is... What was, the, what was the event, David? Oh, the TCAD, TCAD Tokyo. So uh, what, I what is TCAD for the people who don't know about TCAD? Mm, TCAD is a... Tokyo International Conference on Africa Development. Okay, and they hold it every couple of years. Uh, yeah, there's uh, every 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 three years. I think every three years, and I think uh, that ticket uh, last year was one of the main ticket that I targeted last year. So I went there. I have met a lot of people, a lot of companies, and uh, I also have. This uh, all the entire like key people from my country, government-related people, who joined this. Uh, what can I say? This uh, event as well, this conference. So, but for sure, I already know most of people before coming here. So it was easy for me to rebuild the connection with some of them, and that was pretty interesting also. While in Japan, having those kind of connection, but uh, what I really believe is. Uh, having the connection is one thing, but now uh, having uh, like making best use of them is also something important. So I think this is the time to uh, find those partners who are really interested in Africa, or West Africa, to you know help them to you know get used for those connections to build a sustainable business together. So. TCAT finishes, you expand your network even more. Yeah. At that point, you, you tell me the story of what happened at the event. And you say, Jim, by now, mm. every, pretty much every African person that lives in Japan mm. knows of David mm -hmm. from Benin. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think that uh, I'm that known in Japan because, you know, we have a lot of people who have been in Japan for 20 years, 30 years, or, and I just came, you know, two years ago, so I'm not sure how much uh, I know people or people know, that, like, know me. But I believe uh, uh, I'm making sure that, you know, I, I meet the right people, even African or Japanese. I, I make sure I meet the right people to build together uh, uh, our strategy or to build together this future, you know, to prepare the future together because uh, having the right people with you is uh, very worthy for the journey of uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, I believe whoever I meet today, 
will be relevant and very important value for me tomorrow and each for each other because I will also be uh, you know uh, what can I say a resource for that person as well so I have two questions related to that first is how do you decide what is the right person hmm. the right person is means uh, um, you know, the person who share the same vision and value, you know, with you is very, it's those, it's that I call, those people I call right person because there are some people who are not actually future oriented. I, I believe that's uh, also something good, but uh, if you deal with people and they are not thinking only about today and they think okay oh sure we're gonna do s we're going to do something together in the future so those people are very important for me because they are not just thinking about today they are not thinking about what is in it today for me today but they're thinking about vision like how do we do this together to grow and make it more bigger so that's uh, something i think very important as like one of the key points, values and like yeah, I already told them like value and vision is very important. Right. Yeah. And the second question related to this is um, you're now two years in, mm. your network keeps expanding, you're starting to meet more and more people. Mm. How do you maintain that that growing network? Mm. Do you email everybody once a week, once mm -hmm. a month, mm -hmm. um, whenever something pops up in your mind, do you send them a message? How, how do you manage to to keep all those connections alive? Uh, that's something a little bit hard to manage, but there are some key people who are, with whom you might be in touch every day, daily basis because of what you're sharing or because of your daily activities. But some other people, uh, you might—it's—it's it's a bit difficult to keep in touch daily basis. But monthly or uh, occasionally, it's good to share, check, like uh, share, send them message and checking them on them, like uh, uh, to know if everything is going well. So those kind of message I, I used to share them uh, every, let's say, one or two months. It's up. It's up. It's but depend on the situation yeah okay and you told me before with um, with many of your connections that you have right now mm. that some of them actually want to help you want to do something for you mm. and that you tell them not yet wait mm. and originally when I when I when I first when we first met each other I, I didn't really understand what you mean by now by that mm. now I starting to slowly understand that your philosophy is about trying to do more for the other, mm. continue to do more for the other. Don't mm. ask, don't ask, try to not ask anything for as long as possible mm. so that the other person really starts to trust you. Mm. And finally, the other person feels so strongly that he has received, he or she has received so much value mm. that whatever you ask, if it's within their power, they want to help you. Is that a good summary of, of how you try to build the relationships? Yeah, I think you got the point because um, you need to give first before expecting from others. 
for sure there are many way of doing business but if you take the time like or like, keep asking people without giving anything then you're not going you're not going to build a long term relationship and especially in Japan you know business is based on trust so if you don't have that valuable like uh, asset or something to propose it's better to you know just wait for the right times but at the same time i think as much as you give to the other for sure you will get something back so i think that uh, the way you you summarize it better, best yeah the best way then um we're almost in present day mm. where we are right now. Mm. Um, you spent at that time two years building up your network, getting mm. your relationships, starting to connect really businesses with, with West Africa. Then we enter our third year a few months ago, living in Japan. So far, you've done everything part time, right? We've worked five days a week for the company. Mm -hmm. And you spend one or two days trying to work and the evenings to work on your own business. Mm. You still manage to sleep a few hours every night and keep it going. Then now in the third year, what is Africa Samurai Consulting like now? What is your, your strategy for, for this year? Mm. Oh, for Africa Samurai Consulting, currently we focusing on promoting digital marketing in West Africa. So we trying to catch this opportunity of lack of digital online businesses in West Africa to create more um, chance like opportunity for young people um, by providing um, digital marketing and uh, okay IT trainings and I think those are the thing we think it's really needed these days in West Africa. So we are, well, let's say even in entire Africa, because in all Africa we need uh, to take things from like uh, physical to digital. So then we are trying to be a uh, leader in that sector. So we know from Japan to uh, Africa, uh, digitalization is something we can promote and from our side we already getting some partners to work with and we are like uh, building that platform slowly and we believe uh, to be the leader in that sector of digital marketing in, in few few months or few years okay and mm. um, was that the idea you had when you started the company as well mm. or did you change direction a little bit in that in that one year span uh, uh i haven't changed that much because basically creating that company was the idea was to promote and connect japanese businesses to africa then with the time uh, we realized that uh, the most important business to promote um, could be real related to the digital digitalization so we're focusing on that now but uh, any other business opportunity that can contribute to social development because for us 
is bringing technology to solve social issues. Then from there we make the business and then we believe in social entrepreneurship. So I think we're starting from digital digitalization today, but uh, we're still working on many other things. So yeah, nothing haven't, haven't, we haven't changed anything actually, but we're trying to make sure that we focus on one part of the, uh, our original plan. Okay. Mm. Then I think we're reaching the, the end of the episode. We're pretty much caught up to where you are today. Okay. There are a few quick questions I want to ask about because you've been living in Japan now for three years. Yes. And since I know you, I know that what you imagined Japan to be when you first arrived mm. and what you've experienced in these three years has changed your, um, not so much your opinion, but your idea of what Japan is like quite a bit. Mm. Um, what would you say are, are like a few of the key lessons you've learned about Japan in these two or three years that you've been here? Um, that's a good question. Thank you for asking that. I would say I to keep believing that Japan is a um, good country. It is a country where uh, there is a discipline and where it's a country where people are very polite and it's a country where people uh, are very honest. So I think uh, I believe in that and I really appreciate those values. So that's something for myself is still very important. So, but maybe uh, in Japan, uh, with the time, I think I learned also that uh, Japan is not always using uh, or in all aspects the technology that we have been thinking or have been thinking uh, of being the source and the key of the country. In the country, I don't know the best way to say it, but mm -hmm. you know, when we are outside, Japan is the country of technology. But I, when I came here, I understood that um, there are tech companies and there are other companies. <laughs> so I was thinking in all sort of company, they're using technology and the high technology. That was my original thinking. But actually, no. Actually, there are tech companies. Uh, there are a uh, few other companies using the technology. But uh, there's still some company who, like, uh, like some company, for some reason, uh, are not really interested in the technology, but still doing things in traditional way, which is uh, something I really respect also because of um, uh, the, the society, the, the, the culture of making sure to conserve whatever we like have been again in the past. So th this is the culture. So they make sure that they keep things more traditional and that's something great also but that's something I, i've learned and i believe uh, that uh, lesson will be useful for me also in uh, in, the, in in my in my journey and maybe one last thing that i also learn is in japan you make sure that uh, you plan for at least 80% and 
then uh, you can realize like uh, the other 20 percent could be for the implementation so uh, business while we don't need really need to rush based on uh, what I learned so we need really need to be patient patient and you know build the trust make sure that uh, you create a clear plan and you know after those steps then you can move for the real business but when the Japanese person say hey, okay I want to do this with you that's uh, another step and another important key point that I learned they really want to do it when they s decide to do something with you then when they decide to sign an agreement with you then from there things going to move very fast and I really enjoy that as well as the training <laughs> and a good experience to know yeah and we've been focusing um, the last couple of minutes a lot on on coming from Africa living in Japan now mm. how you try to bring Japan and Benin closer or West Africa closer to each other but how is your Japanese language ability <laughs> do, you, do you feel you can communicate in Japanese with businessmen now or not uh, about Japanese ability is still a little bit hard for me because I'm still struggling with that but uh, and the, the reason I'm asking is I, I know that I want to let all the listeners and viewers know that even you don't speak the language you're able to accomplish all this that you have described mm. building up the relationship starting to connect the companies across different cultures different countries you've observed a lot of how people think how they move how they act so that you don't try to um, how to say trample on their culture mm. hurt their feelings hurt mm. their pride so you're respecting the culture from both sides mm. but even though there's still this language barrier you're managing to accomplish all these things That's true. and even um, you didn't go into too much detail with uh, TCAT or some of the other uh, events mm. but there, I know that there have been many instances in these two or three years where you're not actually invited to join a certain meeting or um, certain activity but you manage to find a way to get in there mm -hmm. and that it's it's all about that persistence that is something that I really respect about you that's the third door <laughs> the third door, <laughs> third um, door. Third. I, I mean the listeners and viewers don't don't understand the the reference but there's this book called the third door mm -hmm. that I recommended to David uh, to read and he read it one month later he we meet up again he comes back to me and he says Jim I used the third door and that's how he told me he, uh, he managed to get into TCAT <laughs> so this that's uh, something uh, the third door was some habit that I used to have like explain a little bit what do. the what the third door is about David yeah the third door is uh, when yeah you know in any kind of uh, official event whether you are the VIP or whether you are just being invited so you know so most people go through the first door yeah the, the VIPs get like the special special door. second doors entrance and the third door is uh, the person who really was not expected to be there and you know and they just find any gap or any way to get inside that, just that building it just managed to be there because of his personal goal uh, because of um, his vision um, but it, it, it doesn't compromise anyway the 
the event because make sure that you don't compromise people uh you know space like you don't compromise people while doing uh, while being uh trying to force or while trying to 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 use the third door so it's something uh, i can just say it's entrepreneurship mindset because if you stop because someone has stopped you without a reason then it's it look like you that you 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 don't believe in what you want because if you really believe what you want in what you want you will keep pushing you know we keep pushing until you get it so for me i had this experience and when i read the book ted and i i believe that again that book inspire me also like it, it it make me understand what i've been doing actually <laughs> because i was just doing it without uh, uh without having read the book but i think now on from now on i know how like uh, this book also contribute to a lot of people life so yeah what I think um, I think the viewers and listeners have gotten a pretty good impression of your your journey going from um, Ivory Coast and Benin to 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 Japan and and starting uh, your own company. So just to to give a quick wrap up of a few of the things I I, no I noted down. You live you grow up in Ivory Coast. Mm. You go to Benin. Mm join the university there don't know anybody mm -hmm. by the time you graduate almost everybody knows you mm, you yeah. you start to work with um with people that really want to do something big for the for the country mm. and for the area mm. which inspires you to have such a lofty and grand goal as well mm. at some point you feel it's the opportunity is there it's the right step to to move to japan mm. totally different col uh, col country culture business culture um environment you make the jump, you learn a lot of lessons here, mm. you hustle on the side, trying to set up that connection between two countries. Mm. Um, something you, you said really nicely is about planting the seed mm. and giving it water every day. Mm. Then um, wanting to serve the people is what you, what you, what you feel very strongly about. Mm. Always trying to give, give, give and keep giving more. Yes. Almost giving the other person a sense of guilt that they're not giving enough back. Mm. Um, even though that's not the intention, that's almost the effect that, that comes as a consequence. And right now you're at the point where um, you've built up your platform here yeah. and you're starting to, some of the seeds are starting to sprout a bit mm -hmm. and you see even more opportunities, not just in Benin, but also, also here in Japan. Sure. Is that a pretty accurate summary of... Uh, yeah, I think you, you made good summary. Okay. And you know, talking about my Japanese ability, uh, I believe uh, if I could speak Japanese, I could have done more. That to be, to be honest, but uh, I still learning. I still learning and making sure that uh, I can converse in Japanese with Japanese business partner uh, in a few few years. Let, let, let me ask this let me ask this final question then mm. so you've been able to do all this despite your Japanese not being at the highest level mm. if you could go back in time mm. 
and you could spend your time a little bit differently so that every day you would you would focus more on Japanese but instead you couldn't accomplish all this that you've accomplished now mm. would you take that action or not uh, I because think it's a trade-off right mm. I think what I've done is uh, I couldn't avoid that because that was my personality I couldn't avoid that but I could have maybe give a little bit more time to the Japanese as well so I'm not regretting not being able to uh, learn the Japanese at that time but uh, I could have done my best to you know move with the both at the same time because the connection I make during that time also I really appreciate that I cannot regret that so <laughs> I think it's, yeah I really think I could have done my best but uh, to learn the language but I believe uh, I still have time to make it happen. So the valuable lesson here is that you cannot change the past, you can only learn from the past. Yeah. And that no matter what happens, what comes on your road, there's so many different ways to tackle it and yeah. to, to get it done. Sure. So rather than continue looking back, just yeah. always keep moving forward and keep going. Yeah. Okay, David, thank you. Thank today you, it's always a, Thank it's you always very a much. Blast. Thank you for um, So for today that. we didn't talk too much about West Africa. Uh, how to do business there, how to grow the business there. That yeah. will start from tomorrow's episode. Mm. Um, but I hope everybody got a good idea of what David is like. Mm. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, drop a comment below. Or if you're listening to this on a podcast, leave a, uh, leave a comment in the review section. Mm. If you want to get in touch with us in the show notes as well as in the, um, in the information section below, you will find links to all of our social media mm. as well as... Um, David's company's website, Africa Samurai Consulting. Mm -hmm. So feel free to reach out to us and uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow wherein we will really talk about how to do business in West De Africa. Definitely. <laughs>